Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Thessalonians chapter 2, we are there right now, verses 6 and 7. It's where we pretty much left off last week. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. We see the beginnings right now of sorrows. You see the beginnings of the time or the mystery of lawlessness. Have you ever seen such nonsensical debates? where you have absolute fact presented to people and it's responded to with absolute nonsense. If you say to somebody right now, you know what? Anthony Fauci has admitted, dragged, kicking and screaming, but has admitted that vaccines do not stop transmission. So the purpose of the vaccine mandate is what? There is no purpose. They were rolled out, vaccine mandates were rolled out to stop transmission, but the very vaccine that they are based on doesn't stop transmission. That is what you call lawlessness. It really is, because when you are actually making arguments that make no sense, I am a woman, no, you're a man. I don't know if you saw it, I believe, I can't remember, it was between Penn and I don't know the other school, Yale, Yale thank you, where they had, they finally had Yale's swimming uh, world record setter woman, I'll get to it, <laughs> at Yale there is a female swimmer who has a penis, but he's a, she's a female swimmer. I say penis from the pulpit. If that bothers you, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if your child's in here, that's why we have children's church. But he has been setting all kinds of records in the women's division. Well, he got his butt whooped yesterday, but not a good thing, by another man who I'm sure is also setting records in the women's division. This is what you call lawlessness. It's things that make no sense. Where if you have people that go into the Capitol on 1-6, wrongfully so, by the way, if you broke windows and crawled into the Capitol, you were committing a crime. Now, that doesn't mean that you should be sitting in solitary confinement for the last year with all of the evidence that you have that could possibly exonerate you or lessen your charges is being suppressed by the DOJ. None of that is good. But if you did and you committed crimes, you should go there. But everybody responds. When, when that happens to a congressman or woman, it's a big deal. But when you had months and months and months and billions of dollars in damage and 30 people killed over the months prior to that, and nobody cared. As a matter of fact, the future vice president was pushing people to support the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which bailed out arsonists, bailed out cop killers. That is what you call 
lawlessness. When you have 990 police officers for all of the city of Seattle, which by the way, they get what they deserve because they keep voting it in time and time again. And you have 2,700 officers for the capital, which is a two square mile area. That is what you call lawlessness. So you're beginning to see the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Something, it starts off with what in verse 6, and then in verse 7, somebody. So something and somebody. What does that mean? It means the body of Christ is the thing, the somebody is the power behind the body of Christ, the body of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. So it is the body of Christ, it's the he and the what that is currently restraining the mystery of lawlessness that will be revealed with the son of perdition, which will be revealed with beast number one coming out of the sea and beast number two. These things will happen. This is not mythology. This is not ideology. This is not fairy tales. Those of you who are flirting with God, you had better understand something. These things will happen. Nobody ever thought that in their lifetime... That they would see that you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without a mark of the beast on your phone. Somebody in this room who's ever, or people in this room flirting with God, understand that the book of Revelation is unfolding before your very eyes. People may have told you that in the past, and you're just sloughed it off because you didn't actually see any evidence. Now you do. But there is a restraining. And that restraining is not just you and I. It is you and I empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now what we must ask ourselves here, not in this room only, but globally, around the world. Believe it or not, we are being watched right now around the world. Every Christian within the sound of my voice needs to ask themselves this very simplistic question. Am I a restrainer or am I an usher? Every Christian needs to ask themselves that question. Here, I'll give you an example. Will, you got that slide from Jonathan? Do you have it ready? Throw that up there, would you? There you go. According to the document, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland and Labrador, that's all Canada, agreed to institute the Vax Pass in exchange for money from the Canadian government. You have the next one, Will, or do we, is that it? That's it, that's fine, because the other one, you can't read it anyway. What happened was they actually met, the documentation is on the bottom, which you can't see, and of course I ran out of time on the podcast to show it. The documentation is on the bottom where you had government officials from Newfoundland meet with the assemblies, and then 10 days later, it came out that now everybody has to have a vax pass to attend church. So they went in and they gave them, this is in the documentation, down there we see that red circle. 
it's in there, that they were given an incentive, quote unquote. So you have to ask yourself, you can pull it down. Will, thank you very much. Thank you for having that. You have to ask yourself, am I an usher or am I a restrainer? Tom, can't you preach about anything else? I have to preach what God tells me to preach. Understand, I am not that, I'm not the guy. You know what? Let me find out what I want to preach this week. Let me go to sermon.com. Ooh, you know, look at that love chapter 87. There's a safe one. How to make everybody feel comfortable. Chapter 17. I pray over what I preach. This is what God is speaking to me about to speak to other people about. You have to ask yourself the question. Am I an usher or am I a restrainer? Am I somebody that's going to help somebody take the mark of the beast? Or am I going to hinder people from taking the mark of the beast? Well, what did Newfoundland just do? What about the former leader of the Baptist Theological Seminary? You know his name. I'm not going to say it because God won't let me. Who fully endorses vaccines as the path out of the pandemic. Everybody's, it should be everybody, I'm not quoting them now, but it should be everybody's requirement to do it. That's how you show love. Are you an usher or are you a restrainer? You should be restraining lawlessness. It's lawless to require people to jam a needle into their arm with an experimental Goebbels Mengele vaccine. It was actually forbidden by globalist law. Global law from the Nuremberg trials. You are not allowed to do that at all, ever. And you can't even push people into vaccination without informed consent. It's against, it's against international law. But that is what we are seeing. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And we have to ask, well, Tom, you know, Christianity is all about love. Are you sure it's really about your version of love? You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Where do you get that from, Tom? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. And we could go on and on and on with the warfare. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And having it a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. You want to tell me about your passivity and your love gospel? You loved your way into shutting down? You loved your way into the proliferation of vaccine passport mark of the beast all throughout the globe. 
and then you refuse to repent and you're still preaching about love. Nothing. This is a war. You are a restrainer. You are a dam in the river. You're not supposed to be a dead fish floating down river because you're cooperating. Make them go through you. You know why? Because they can't. And let me just tell you this. You can never be made to bow. That's why the enemy is always asking for you to bow. Demanding that you bow. If you don't bow, you get this. If you don't bow, you get that. Because you can't be made to bow. You have to choose to bow. It's not your calling to bow. Your calling is to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That does not sound like a passive faith coming out of Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, does it? Entitled, The Armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against principalities or powers, but we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Am I a restrainer standing, or am I an usher? Ask yourself. That question may not be anybody... For anybody in this room, because you're as nutty as I am, that you even attend this crazy church. No, but listen, there's a woman who walked out in the first row. I told you, more people walk out than you can imagine. I'll be glad when we have a bigger building so they'll have an easy way out without everybody having to watch them. Some, some lady brought her Democrat friend. Do you say Democrat from the pulpit? Sure. Why not? They know they're Democrats. She walked out. Her friend met me at the door. My friend walked out. She's a Democrat. <laughs> That's what should happen. Many of his disciples and went back. Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. John six fifty three through sixty seven. Right? They left. What you what you are saying is not meant to drive people away. But if it's not, you're wrong. If your message is all accommodating, you are what is called lukewarm. And that's why the church is in the situation that it is. Again, I ask, and I've asked this week after week, month after month of 22 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. I remember when I was preaching, man, this is wild, isn't it? Six months of 15 days to flatten the curve. Eight months, 10 months, 15 months, and the church is still asleep. Name the, I want you to name a controversial international figure that's a pastor. 
I'll give you the people that are out. Can't use Pastor Rodney. Can't use Jonathan. Can't use Archer Pulaski or Greg Locke. Name them. Who? There isn't any name. I want you to think of it because God will not allow me to name names right now. He's given me a season of mouth shutty. It's not for me to question times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Acts chapter 1 verse 7. You got it, Lord. Time of shuddy is tough for people like me. But I want you to think about the big names. I'm talking about, don't be afraid, the huge names. Where are they? This person and that person. That's this book on fasting. That's this book on prayer. That's this book on fear. Where are they? They have a huge platform. If they go live right now, they'll have a million people watching. I go live right now, I got 100 people watching, which I'm thankful for. But what are they doing with it? They're an usher. They're avoiding. They have a stinking, smelling, feces-covered rhinoceros in their sanctuary, and everybody pretends it's not there. It's like when somebody lets one loose in an elevator and everybody just stands there and acts like nothing happened. Yeah, be proud. If you, let, if you, if you destroyed an elevator, step up and confess. That's what's happening in the modern church. It's sitting there. And it's not just standing there either. This feces-covered rhinoceros is prancing about the room, mocking the church. Just like Goliath mocks the church. And only one teenager would stand up and say, How dare you, you uncircumcised Philistine? How dare you speak against the armies of the Most High God? Who do you think you are, devil? But what did the church do? They're a bunch, they're a bunch of souls. They're not going out against Goliath. They're scared. Listen, I ain't going to die from nothing until I'm 120 outside of martyrdom. But I'll tell you this, just to make a point. Strictly to make a point. I would rather die. Everybody is choosing life over honor. Every, not even life. That's even too big of a requisite. They're choosing reputation. What, what will the chamber of commerce think about me? You know, we're a community of businesses and a community of churches. We have people call here regularly or contact us regularly. Does pastor Tom want to be a part of this consortium? No. I'm not going to go meet with a bunch of you cowards. You don't want me in that room anyway. Those pastors don't want me walking in there. They want me, they can contact me. I'll come preach to their church. You set me up a Sunday night, I'll come preach at your church. Now you just understand that when I'm done, half of your congregation will be gone. 
They'll hate you for ever allowing me to step foot in your building. But we are supposed to be standing. We are the restraining. How many of you want to have grandchildren? How many of you want your kids to have great lives? It's up to us. There is no other restraining. We will get scooped. What's the verse? Until he is taken out of the way. Revelation 14. 14 through 16. Here's when we are scooped out of the way. And then the Antichrist, the beast one, the beast two, the prince of the power of the air, will lay waste to this planet. Before God really lays waste to it. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Those of you, Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. Correction, Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10. For those of you that are playing mamsy pamsy with God and you don't take this seriously. Just so you know, you will witness the day when the sky will disappear with a roar. And it won't be from global warming. You will see the elements be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it laid bare. Whether you're alive or dead, you will witness it. And you will say, why didn't I get my life right with God? Maybe my parents were right. Think about it. Revelation 14. 14 through 16. This is how we are scooped up off the planet. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one, like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust your sickle and reap. Well, I believe it happens here. And I believe it happens. No, it doesn't. It happens right here. This mirrors Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about the day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Jesus has to be told by the angel, go and thrust your sickle. He doesn't know that it's time. There is no other verse. Don't go to Revelation chapter 1. Don't go to Revelation chapter 2. John is called up. Come up. And that's the calling away of the church. You really think that's what we're supposed to presuppose out of Scripture? Come up means the rapture of the church. This is the rapture of the church. There is no other discernible verse but these. Period. If you're not mid-trib, you're wrong. Depending on what you even mean by mid. Because most, we will miss all of the worst. So are we really mid or are we pre? I'm just, I don't even care. I'm a revelation guy. I mean, I believe in what the Bible says. Not what the book written about the Bible says. To you it has been given the mystery to know the kingdom of God. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having in his hand a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. Done. You will be swept off this planet before the worst hits. 
you'll be gone. But right now, you're not called to be gone. Most Christians are hiding. Here's the thing. If you are some, if you're a Christian who is not being consumed by the power of God, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Actually, Hebrews chapter 12, 28 and 29. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. Consumed by, consumed by the power of God. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. If you're not being consumed and you're hanging on, you probably won't make it. Do you realize if you're just somebody who, you know what, said, you know, I don't want to go to hell. So I'm going to just say, you know what? I turn from my sin, Lord. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you do nothing else. You have nothing about healing, nothing about the miraculous, nothing about prosperity, nothing about sanctification, which we'll get back into in a minute. The odds of you making it are very slim because you're only about one quarter. You're not even one quarter. You're about 1% in covenant. You're supposed to be, you know what? My life's over. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, not of the faith, not in faith, but of, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's over. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Romans 6, 21 and 22. Only, everybody only knows 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. They're not sanctified. You know what? The, the word is sanctification, and the word will sanctify you. The word measures out and expounds on sanctification. And as you read it, you're sanctified. Know the Bible. You're a slave of God. It's over. Well, I don't want to be a slave. Well, then don't be a Christian. He's Yahweh. Well, I don't really want to be somebody's. Well, that's not your option. Well, then don't be saved. You can be free in hell for all of eternity. They're free. In a worm-ridden sulfur pit of fire. Well, I don't really agree with that concept. You know, at our art church, they don't talk like this. Well, I, wait till the day of judgment. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, for there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead stand before God. And a book was opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You think anything else will matter to you on that day? I'm so glad I got soft-pedaled preaching my whole life. So I felt like I was saved when I never was. You work over iniquity for I never knew you. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. We opened up our churches for vaccinations to save lives. Now you weren't supposed to be an usher. You're supposed to be a restrainer. 
And the modern church thinks it's an attribute to be an usher, to actually usher in the plan of the Antichrist without so much as a peep. What's going on in, what's going on in Canada? There's big names that live in Canada that are evangelical ministers. Where are they at? Where, where are the big names in Australia? There's big, I could name them. Big names in Australia. Where? I could name 12, 13, 14, 15 right now in America. Where are they at? Why would, that, why would they not be standing up and saying, you know what? We made a mistake. I don't mind that you're looking at a mistake maker. He's the way maker. I'm the mistake maker. Mistake maker. When I do, I confess it. Where is it? Think about it. We've gotten so used to people that just acquiesce. We don't even think that it's, we don't even think that it's a detriment anymore. We don't even notice the silence. We're, the church is so inoculated to lukewarmism, we don't even notice it anymore. It's silent. It's silent. How many of you have a loud house? You notice when it's quiet, don't you? Don't you? You're like, oh, that's nice. I get a minute to myself. That's special. Kids grow up fast. You'll miss it when it isn't, when it isn't loud anymore. But nobody even notices the quiet. Nobody is saying a word. Huge names. Think about them. Think about any name that comes to your mind right now and say, where's their stand? And I'm not talking. I know all of you have probably heard this before if you watch the podcast. I don't care that you reopened your church. Reopening doesn't count. What you said about it is what counts. Because you can just be opening saying, you know what? We're reopening for now. Just like the church here in this area. Again, I cannot use names. They'll close anytime the wind blows. They closed this April 2021. Close for Delta. For weeks again. After being closed for months already. They, where, where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18. What are you saying to your people as a Christian leader? Those of you sitting out here right now that are not Christian leaders, you're not leading a large group of people. You don't need to repent publicly. I can flat out tell you this. Just like Chip Roy did in public on Twitter. Chip Roy, congressman. I'm trying to remember. Maybe out of Arizona. Can't remember where Chip Roy comes from. Great, conservative congressman. I'm not speaking about his spiritual life. I have no idea where he stands. But he came out because he closed. And he only, he closed. What I mean by that is he acquiesced. He shut down his life for two weeks. And he came out and said, I was wrong. I feel bad for what I did. 
And it was way, I wish I had it. I showed it to you. It's a brilliant statement. Where's that in the church? Not one. Not one. Not one has done that. That's a big name. I can tell you that if I would have shut down, I would have publicly repented. Why have they not? They'd rather be an usher. You get accepted by everybody if you're an usher. What threat are you when you're an usher? You're a big threat here because all of our ushers are armed. <laughs> you're just an usher. Let me take you where you want to go. Like just modern church. Where do you, what, do you, what do you consider Christianity to be? Oh, okay, I'll preach that to you. No problem whatsoever. Oh, you're living with your girlfriend right now? That's not a problem. We're going to put you on a spiritual journey. Fresh start and a new beginning. When the, when the hellfire hits you, just remember that I did it. Is that great white throne judgment's going to happen whether you believe it or not? For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody's going. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Whoopsie daisy. You won't be able to say here that I didn't tell you. If you're somebody who's fake, you're a fake Christian right now, I'm going to deal with you in just a minute. You already know you're fake. Just acknowledge it. I'm fake. Why not say it? This, you'll, be able to be, you'll be able to say that at least Tom told me. You won't be able to say I didn't tell you. So why don't they get it? Why don't they get it? This is a little bit of a review, but we're getting into something new. Why don't they get it? We're going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 13 and 14. Why don't they get it? These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual they do not want what is spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is operating inside the veil with the Holy Spirit. See how quiet it got? Look at me. Do you see how quiet it just got? No, there wasn't any laughing. There wasn't even an amen. Not even from Pete. You know why? Because people are scared of him. They're fine with stained glass windows and their own form of reverence, but they do not want the conviction. And some of you, I'm fine with conviction. You're fine with conviction when it comes maybe to rudimentary sin because you don't want to go to hell, but you're not fine with conviction when it comes to your gnarly attitude. Understand something. If you treat your wife like garbage, you're a garbage Christian. You're immature. You're not dealing with the Holy Spirit. He would never let you treat your wife that way. Never. I've seen it over and over again, whether it's wife versus husband or husband versus wife. They have a lousy marriage, but they have a ministry in their eyes. No, you don't. It's one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. People need to stop lying to themselves. 
and get in with the Holy Spirit. He is maturity. John chapter 16, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth, by the way, hurts. I don't like a certain percentage of what the Holy Spirit tells me. But I'm not going to cut him off so that I can preach to myself constantly as my own false prophet. I need to know what's true. Every time I've tried to quit ministry, the Holy Spirit says this. Not, oh, Tom, please stay, you know. <laughs> if you just give it another shot, you'll get your participation trophy at the end, and I'll usher you into heaven and pat you on your rear end. What the Holy Spirit tells me clearly is you've never even tried. Just like that. Quick. Powerful, sharp. Because the Holy Spirit only speaks that which he's heard. Which is the word of God. That's where quick, powerful, and sharp comes from. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Boom now. I don't even get a chance to bask in my poutiness. I'm going to quit. You never even tried. Thank you, God. People don't want it. For me, I can't live without it. He will guide you into all truth. John 16, 13, we're still there. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So our people who close their churches and take vaccines have any sort of cognizant knowledge of things to come? The purpose of the vaccines were to get to the vaccine passport. That was the game from day one. Why? For the love of money is the root of all evil. They want to control you, track you, distance you, manipulate you so that all the money goes to them. They can track your movements and profit off of it. That's all that it's been about from day one. Globalist, bourgeois elitists positioning themselves to become the rulers of the earth. Under beast one and under beast two. But we are the restraining. Did the church restrain? A few of us have. As long as there is a river church. As long as there is a foundation church. As long as there is a street church in Calgary. Uh, is it Calgary? Uh, is it just Calgary, Canada? Or Calgary, Ontario, Canada? I don't know. What is it? Calgary, Alberta. Thank you, babe. Canada. The devil cannot take over the earth. We are the restraining. What are we restraining? That we are restraining the revelation, the revealing of the son of perdition. We are restraining the falling away of the church by not falling away ourselves. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. We are the restraining. But are, are Christians restrainers or ushers? 
Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now we're in verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They don't even want, the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. But the natural man, it's foolishness to him when he hears it. Written to Christians. If I preach this message at any other church in this area, it'd be foolishness to them. Under the umbrella of, that's not very loving. They will love their way straight to hell and cause many others to go there also. What's the precursor to these verses? 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14. Obviously 9 through 12. People, here's the thing. Sanctification is the word. Sanctification, how you grow is found in the word. But people only talk about a few of the verses I'm about to read to you. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's a Christian fairy tale for everybody. It's a whole bunch of people who never live up to that. How many people know that verse but do not live a what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for them? I haven't lived up to that, have you? But people act like that verse applies to them. It does not. See how quiet it is? See how you have that anointing? You think I'm being mean to you. I'm not. I'm trying to get you to this life. How then can they call the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Who's going to tell you? If you're not going to read it yourself, then God has put you in front of me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us, how? By his spirit. But you gotta go in and be willing to go through conviction. You, you treat your wife like crap. Well, may the Holy Spirit may not say crap. You're self-centered. Your priorities are completely wrong. I don't want your kids to play every sport on the planet. I'm tired of watching you live vicariously through your son chasing a bouncing ball across the field. As he allegedly is gaining the whole world and losing his own soul because you think he's going to be playing in the MLB or the NFL. You are five foot eight. Your wife is five foot four. You're both dumpy white people. And you think that you just gave passed on the genetic material for an NFL quarterback? <laughs> and you're not even fast. You're slow and white. You're like, what do you get? I've lived in Inglewood my whole life. Everybody's slow and white. You ever go watch a Lemon Bay football game? I coached there for years. Hey, we're not big, but we're white. 
It's usually, for those of you who don't catch that joke, it's usually, well, we're not big, but we're fast. Now, Lemon Bay. Oh, it's just true, hon. Love them. I played football there. Coached football there. Won lots of football games there with a bunch of slow white kids. <laughs> you play a team and go out of the hood. You're like, Tom, you're going to get in trouble preaching. I don't care. I'm already a racist to them. Why would I pander to them? They can't call me any worse than they already do. It's actually, for me, it's a compliment. You watch the warm-ups of Lemon Bay versus North Fort Myers. I used to have to watch those warm-ups thinking, we have no chance. <laughs> but God has revealed that what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no mind can even conceive, God has revealed it to us by his spirit, but you've got to ask. Yet you have not because you? The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we may understand what God has freely given us. You don't get it till you go behind the veil and risk it all. Until you're willing to have that rope tied around your belt and go into the Holy of Holies. Are you? If you're not, you're an usher. Or you're, or you're being groomed to be an usher. Because you'll do what's expedient to the carnal nature. What will my people think if I close down? You know that never went through my head? I never thought, what will the people think? I thought, what's the right thing to do? Amen. Now what people will think, what's the right thing to do? Amen. Period. What will my kids think if I show up to Thanksgiving with a mask on? If I was you, I'd show up with a mask on over your butt. Stop the anal spread of COVID <laughs> through gas. You're going to mask every hole. <laughs> That's what you should do. God set at the table before me in the presence of my enemies. God likes to mock the enemies of God. People are like, how do you talk the way that you do? Because it's over for me. I'm glad it's over for me. I'll never be accepted by mainstream Christianity. I'm not booking dates. Nobody's called me to write a book. Nothing. You know who I'm in contact with? Miracle workers. People who stand. That's who I'm in contact with. Rodney Howard Brown called me this morning. Hey, I'm flying somewhere. Do you want to go? Those are the people that I dwell with. I'm not hanging, I'm not hanging around with a whole bunch of lukewarm knee benders. Amen. That's not Christ-like. Who told you it wasn't? 
Did Jesus bend his knee to the ruling authorities of the day, which were the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees? Did he or did he not? He didn't. So why are you? Why would anybody? I'm not talking about being rude or arrogant. You may not believe this, but I am not rude or arrogant. I'm not. I don't go parading around in public like some idiot. But I also do not acquiesce. I do not conform to the pattern of the world. Basically, whatever is hot in the world, I'm not doing. Right now, everybody hates Aaron Rodgers. But now, I'm a Packers fan. <laughs> Boom. I boycotted the NFL for the last three years. I boycotted it before COVID. But Aaron Rodgers takes the stand that he's taken. I'm watching them until the end of this year. I'm not watching any other games, but I'm watching the Packers. I got a jersey, put it on for the podcast last night, got me a hat, got me a jersey. I used to be a Redskins fan since they don't exist anymore because of, of political correctness. The Washington football team. How stupid. The enemy just mocks the world. He must sit up, the, sit on his throne in worm-ridden hell laughing. Boy, those idiots actually are prancing about calling themselves the Washington football team for years. So you take a stand. You're going, you know what? I refuse. He said the other day, Aaron Rodgers said, science that isn't open to debate is not science. It's theology. It's my own summation of what he said. It's not exactly what he said. We have not received the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit who is from God. For what purpose? That we may understand what God has freely given us. The reason why church is closed, the reason why Christians don't prosper is because they are not connected. The reason why you are down right now as a believer I know there's, I'm looking at faces. You don't, you, I know you probably don't think that I do, but I look at faces. And the reason why some of you are down in the faith is because you're not alive. It is the spirit who gives life. Well, I'm, I, I'm discouraged right now. That's on you. You're disconnected. You're not plugged in. You did it. You did it. Accept responsibility for your own mental illness. You did it. Our marriage is really bad right now. Who did it? Your kids. You did it. If your marriage sucks right now, are you the primary source of the suckitude? <laughs> if you are, you already know you are. Do something about it. It's called repentance. We'll get into that in a minute. How does this thing keep... Whoever tightens this bad boy down. Is that you, Heather? You're strong. Oh, you're strong. They're little, but they're strong. The spirit who does what? Very quickly, machine gun style scripture. Bring to your remembrance all things. John 14, 26. Teach you all things. John 14, 26. Comforts you. Acts 9, 31. Tells you the truth. John 14, 17. Dwells in you and with you. John 14, 17. Tells you things to come, John 16, 13. Convicts us, everybody, of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. It convicts you when you're wrong, and it convicts you when you're right. John 16, 7, and 8. 
We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God. But which spirit is the church following? See, I want to tell you this. I'm going to finish here, heading towards the end. I have you guys till 115. You'll be out of here before 115, or right at 115. It's 1252. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right. We're going to go a little longer when we're in a new building. I'm telling you. Aaron's going to be a little looser. I'm going to be a looser. We're not going to go for hours and hours and hours and hours. I'm just telling you, we're going to go a little longer because we're also going to be doing a lot more hands-on ministry. So be ready. Be ready. The, the negotiations and attorneys and all that is at work. It's good times. Thank goodness, hope he handles it all. I'm not a businessman. The business of this church is handled by my wife and by Heather, and I'm just updated. You really don't want me handling business end of things because I get too emotionally involved. It's the truth. So what has to happen in this modern time, I already, asked, uh, I already said that we need to ask one big question, am I an usher or a restrainer? Here's a question that has to be asked in this day. Am I really saved? Now let's move into sanctity. I just put that as a precursor. Here's another question. Where is, where is the giant Christian stand that we should be seeing right now? Do you see it? The answer, of course, is no. We've already discussed it. Why? Why? It's not, somebody said fear. Fear is a part of it, but the only reason why fear dominates people is why. You need to know why. Because they're not sanctified. Sanctification means this, to make holy, to be, to be purified, to be free of sin, to impart, to sanction, to render as legitimate, to sanctify a vow, to entitle to reverence or respect. Remember I told you, they should fear the church. They don't fear the church because the church is not sanctified to make productive or conducive for spiritual blessing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. So that verse could easily read. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also sanctify you. Everybody uses that, as you've heard me say for two weeks in a row. Everybody only uses that as a monetary faith verse or as a healing verse. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. You go ahead. But what it's referring to, it's just like everybody used. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Luke 6, 38. Everybody used that for an offering verse. It's got nothing to do with money. Paul's thorn in the flesh. What does that have to do with? We'll make up anything. Uh, it's, it's an eye condition and he had to wear a salve. Where? Christians will do anything not to be held responsible for healing. Christians will do anything to not blame themselves that people don't get healed. 
So they talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Then they don't correlate it with Numbers 33, 55, which is where you also find thorn in the flesh. What was it? What was the thorn in the flesh in Numbers 33, 55? Allowing the inhabitants of the land that you conquered to stay and torment you, which is exactly what Paul was talking about. Boom, right? Paul was talking about people coming behind him into the synagogues and preaching circumcision after he had preached freedom in Christ. And Christians make it up. I have. Take your eye salve. I'm not going to say it again. My wife will kill me. I've already done two up the cabooses today. That's my limit. <laughs> Dry today. <clears throat> I didn't get enough cough drops. But I think we have to ask. If we're talking about sanctification. In the modern, and I'm saying this for everybody in this room too. Now, there's people that doesn't apply to. You know you're saved. You know you're saved. Don't be some sort of mind Nazi that asks yourself that question every day. What you got, bud? Oh, thanks, bud. I'm, I'm not going to do them now because I sit there and make that noise. That drives my own self crazy. <laughs> I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. I hear my own lip smack. People think I don't hold myself accountable. Just don't eat around me if you're a lip smacker. Hey, Tom, have you tried these? I'll still, I'll try to be your friend, but it probably is not going to work out. It's not you, it's, it's me. I don't think I've told this story for a while, so I'll tell you this. When it comes to lip smacking. If you're going to sit here and preach about the great white throne judgment and people being thrown to hell, you might as well preach about lip smacking too and have fun, right? I owned a pig for years, a wild hog that I rescued. And we raised her up. She's hundreds of pounds, lived in our garage on a mattress that we took from next door. Legally, legally took from next door. And she tore it in half and slept right in the middle of it. And she loved everything. I just would feed her chocolate-covered dog food. was her mainstay. I just covered it with chocolate syrup. She loved it. But she also loved thin mints. And I would go out with an entire sleeve of thin mints. And I'd feed them to her. Like I was feeding quarters into a slot machine. <laughs> and she just... Never would take a breath. Now, if a pig sounds like that, <laughs> give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. <laughs> a dog returns to his vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. If a pig sounds like this, you ought not to sound that way. Tom, do you actually, yeah, listen, I'll tell you. If your kids are in my car, they're not smacking their lips. You can ask any parent that has, their, has had, their, am I right, Heather? Any kid that has had their, any parent that's had their kids in my house, they know we will turn on you like a pack of wild dogs. 
or adults. Do you hear yourself? I give, I give free tutorials. This is how you do it. You want to eat? <laughs> Quiet, Heather. <laughs> this is how you do it. You place the chip into your mouth. You clasp down your lips, then crunch. You're welcome. I'm telling you, it'll help your kids because there's lots of people like me in leadership positions out there and they go out to lunch with their supervisor and your kids out there, mm, yeah, the day's gone great so far, huh, Sarge? Mm-hmm. Just telling you, you're welcome. Back on track. So in this modern age, we have to ask, are you even saved? I don't care about your resume. People always are presenting me with their resumes. I don't care. I don't have one. What's my resume? I've worship led. I've youth pastored. That's it. I have no resume. So I'm not looking for people with resumes. We should be asking, are you saved? Have you backslidden your way out of salvation? That needs to be asked. Well, Tom, what do you mean? Lose your salvation? That can't happen. Yes, it can. It's called apostasy. It's all over the New Testament. But just like they transformed Paul's eye, thorn in the flesh into an eye problem, they've transformed Scripture into eternal security that doesn't exist. Nobody has the guts to say it. That's why I don't get invited anywhere. You're like, Tom, do you really want? No, I don't really want to be invited anywhere anyway. I'm in my routine. Podcast, 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 two messages. Podcast, 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 two messages. Are they even saved? We have to ask that question because the modern church often tells people they're saved when they're not. Who wants to follow Jesus more? I'll follow Jesus. Because we're offering, how many, you see it on their website, this Easter, because it's coming up, you know. You'll see it. Pull onto, pull, pull onto some Ark Church website. This Sunday, we had record attendance. In our five services, we had 747 people there and 48 fresh starts. What does that mean? Fresh starts. I prefer that you just take the ST off of it and substitute an F. What does fresh start mean? <laughs> it means nothing. They should allow me to edit their website for them. <laughs> Are you saved? Here's the thing, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Having been born again, how? Nobody preaches this. I was born again because I, because I said a prayer. How many of you know that you can be born again without saying a prayer? These signs will follow those who believe. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish. I love sinner's prayer, said one myself to confirm my salvation. I'm just telling you, 
It's still not the gospel. So you get people to religiously recite a prayer. Oh, they're saved. Sure. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. If you're not saved through the word of God, you're not saved because you've been saved with corruptible seed. There's people that have said an erroneous sinner's prayer, but in their heart, they're repentant. They're actually saved through the word of God. Even at our churches, there's lots of people there that are saved. Not as many as think they're saved. But there's lots of people there because they generally have come with repentance, which is being born through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It's uncorrupted seed. Fresh starts and new beginnings are corrupt. Look at, I mean, look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Most of us know the first verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is not even talking about generalized confession of sin that after you're saved, you confess sin, which you should. But what it's actually talking about is confession unto, repent, unto salvation here. If we say we have not sinned, 1 John chapter 1, verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So when you say a prayer for salvation without ever acknowledging sin, because if you say the word sin, you'll offend people into not praying the prayer. They're saved out of corrupt seed. It's why the lesbian and the homosexual feels comfortable in your church. They were saved under corrupt seed. That's why the heterosexual pornographer or sinner feels comfortable in your church, still living with their girlfriend and watching pornography. Because they were saved under these things. Better together. Don't do life alone. I have a list. Don't be sin conscious, but grace conscious. God's not angry at you. He is too. Yeah, he is. You know, God could never be angry. Where do you think anger comes from? I think I would remove God from certain emotions that he himself created. Even lust, God's created. Not the sin of lust, but when you lust after your wife, God created that. I lust after my wife all the time. I'm always sneaking peeks. <laughs> they got saved under fresh charts and new beings. They've, got, they've gotten saved under things like, there's never, there's, there's no sin that's too big for God not to forgive. Yeah, there is. You know what it's called? Unrepentant sin. You know why? Because God constrains himself. He says, I'm not going to forgive it. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need to ask, what happened to Acts chapter 3, verse 19? Repent, therefore, and be converted. Where's that today? That your sins may be blotted out, so the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Pastors cheat their own people with their counterfeit salvations. They don't ever get to experience a time of refreshing. In the presence of God. It's 
Repentance, repentance, repentance. Remember, repentance is what? Repentance is a change of mind. How do you change your mind? Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. People are like, well, see, Tom, you're wrong because repentance is a change of mind, which means all you have to do is just change your mind about sin. No, you commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will then be established. So the attempt to change the mind comes through change of action. If you never changed action, you never changed your mind, nor did you even try to change your mind. Therefore, you never repented. You're welcome. That's the facts. Where do you get that from, Tom? Hebrews chapter 6, 4 through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. If they fall away to renew them too. So what's salvation? What is salvation? Salvation that is incorrupt comes through receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior with a repentant heart. Anything else is counterfeit. That's why, that's why we see a worldwide globalist church collapse. But we're still here, so we're restraining. And we will reap a harvest of souls. You just wait what God has in store for this church. You just wait. You need to connect with some prophets around here. You talk to my wife, you ask her, what has the Holy Spirit told you about the future of this ministry? This future, the future of this ministry is not about me. It's about us. There is no me without us. There's nothing. If they fall away to renew them to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put them to an open shame. And people think you can't lose your salvation, by the way. Just a side note. You should be, you're like, Tom, how can you preach this? I don't care. You should be scared to death of that verse. What is it talking about? People can't be renewed to repentance? Does that apply to me? Have you repented? If you've repented, then it doesn't apply to you. It can't. It can't. You were renewed to repentance. You never got to that level. But you should be afraid to get to that level. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. No, you, those of you, you should never teach people to be scared of hell. Who told you that? Jesus didn't say that. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That'll keep you from the porn. You're welcome. We should have heard the message I preached in the first service about men and women. I mean, not the message, but the section. Again, giving my state of the art. Warning to women not to try to create their husband, to be, not to try to transform their husband into a woman. And create, therefore, a lesbian relationship. Men will go to hell for lust. Women will go to hell for contradiction. 
See how quiet it is in here? People are scared to preach to women. They'll be mad at me. They're all mad at me already anyway. I don't care. I don't care. And I'm not scared of you either. I know most of you, your husbands are looking at your wife. What does she think right now? I don't even care. What are you scared of her for? Try not to lapse into that whole thing. I don't think twice about it. It's what's right. How should I treat my wife? Like Jesus loved the church. This life is easy. It's easy. It's a matter of will you do it or not. You can ask her before I can get to her. You go ask her. She ain't going to lie to you. How does he treat you? Ask her. He's rude. He's arrogant. He's one of these redneck guys. He's got all this bravado. I'm not. This is my partner. My best friend. Can't do, I, don't, I won't even do ministry without her. Amen. Finishing right here. So the key word out of Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, is it establishes what is the uncorruptible word of God through, for salvation, which is repentance mixed with faith, Right? James 1.22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do you see how dangerous it is? That's linked directly with 2 Timothy 3.7. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the modern church. 2 Timothy 3.7, that whole chapter is titled what? The apostasy predicted. You can't be an apostate without first being a Christian. Legitimate salvation. You cannot apostatize without first legitimate salvation. And, that, and, the, and the title of that chapter is Warning Against the Apostasy. The apost correction, the apostasy predicted. Warning Against Falling Away is Hebrews 5, 1 through 11. I mean Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Do not merely listen to the word. It causes you to deceive yourself. What's better? To not listen anymore. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Merely listening and not doing will cause you to be deceived. Worship team, make your way. We are now currently 23 seconds over. <laughs> but I'm closing right here. You have to start the discussion these days. You may not have had to have in 1987 when I got saved, but you have to now start with these questions. Are they even saved? Have they lost their salvation? Did their salvation come from the word of God or did their salvation come from corrupted religious seed you have to start that today you have to i don't listen if you see people claiming to be christians and there is no fruit you have to start with the question are they even saved we've had lots of discussions like this in my house with various people and it makes them uncomfortable they're like yeah yeah i'm good with god i'm good with god i'm good really are you saved well, I went to this church for, tw you know, 23 years. Okay, great. Are you saved? 
Oh, we did. You know, we had a homeless minute. No, wait, are you saved? I'll finish with this. John Bevere told this story in one of the, back when we did Crave Bible study that I led. He told a story about he went to a minister's convention down in Hawaii. Mistake number one. Two mistakes. First of all, he went to Alcatraz, which is Hawaii. Total COVID police state now. But anyway, the second, a minister's conference. I really am only kidding. I go to one minister's conference myself. But he went there and he was poolside. So, you know, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of people attending and going in and out. Giant hotel. He's poolside and he's down there laying there. And he gets to talking with somebody. And the guy says, man, the women around here are so smoking hot. He's like... Oh boy. He goes, well, not really into that. I'm married. I'm a, I'm a minister. He goes, you're saved. He goes, me too. Art church. Watch. That's exactly what it was. A person being taught that they are saved and they never repented of their sin. They lay poolside staring at women in full lust and go into the conference. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in thy name? In thy name done many, many wonderful works. Have we not prophesied in thy name? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I didn't even get into the good part because I talked too much. You want to know about false Christians. People are always like, you can't lose your salvation, Tom. People who, were, who, who walk away and live in sin, they were never saved to begin with. There's both, folks. There's people that were never saved to begin with, and there's people that walked away. People that were never saved to begin with are spoken of in 1 John chapter 3. People that walked away, 2 Peter chapter 2. Read it. It's just the Bible. Amen? Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.